0: Welcome to Coachville Caffeine for Monday, May second, two 2011, the world headquarters for the Play Big Revolution with our host, Dave Buck. It's show 296 and we're coming to you live through our call-in lines and webcasting live on Blog Talk Radio. We're playing big with Coach Pamela Dykes today on the caffeine and a little naked presenting to spice things up as well. So let me turn things over to Coach Deanna Stull for our very big Monday boost. Hello there.
1: Hello there. Yes, naked naked presenter. What a provocative title. Um, Darn too. I, I love I love this book. Um, it's it's just you know I'm a visual person. I'm a, a crazy reader, but I'm a visual person too. So this book is just really beautifully done. Um, and it is called The Naked Presenter by Gar Reynolds. Um, and it, it it encapsulates some ideas that I talk about in Step Up and Stand Out all the time. And, it, and you know, Dave and I came up with this kind of quirky little tagline about coaching and how although it's about the pursuit of human greatness and moving your client forward, there's another big aspect of it. Visibility, Visibility, Visibility. Mm -hmm. And this book is all about um, delivering powerful presentations. So so it's not really just about
0: seeing everyone in their shorts to keep you from being nervous?
1: No, it's not. Uh (laughs) It's not. There's nothing in there about standing (laughs) up and imagining the audience in their underwear. I was very surprised. Um, no, you know what it 's about it 's about coming to a presentation or a speech or a workshop really just as yourself hmm. um, which is right up my alley <laughs> um, that 's just that's that 's the the big idea that i 've walked through life with and and um you know it, it the tagline, I mean, I think, I think they should take the tagline off the book because the tagline is delivering powerful presentations with or without slides, which sounds so boring and dull compared to what the book actually is. Um, but it's just this really incredibly provocative book about coming to the visibility game as yourself and, and just um, cleanly, as yourself, and, and I guess that's the whole naked presenter idea is, you know, just be yourself, just be um, comfortable with who you are and use that to make a powerful, powerful presentation. Excellent. Um, so, you know, it, it's definitely gives you a really good perspective on being visible. And, um, you know, even though it's really about standing up and doing a speech, I think it's so appropriate for coaches Because every time a coach talks to somebody about what they do or who they are as a coach, they're doing a little mini-presentation or a little Mm mini-speech. And um, the ideas that are in this book would really be um, helpful for coaches who are struggling in the disability game. You know, covers a lot of different aspects. But the interesting thing is the whole idea of the naked presenter. It comes from the the man Gar Reynolds, who wrote this, um, is lives in Japan, and he started the whole book off talking about um, Japanese bats um, and and how it's a big tradition and how when you work in a corporation in Japan, um, a tradition is for everybody to from the office to go to these company retreats with Japanese hot springs, and um, they all just sort of unrobe and get in and hang out, and all pretension and all um, costume is kind of thrown out the door, and it's just you and you alone. Okay. Um, And he starts with that idea.
0: Um, So opening up yourself.
1: Absolutely, and yeah. then you know, and he talks about like the naked relationship and naked communication, and, and it's just all about that open space where you don't put on airs and you're not trying to put on a show, and um, he's, he's big on not having the death by PowerPoint aspects okay. of, of the speech
0: well i heard no, uh, some uh, many many years ago i was i was taking some courses on uh well it was in in um, media in general but um even at that time i'd say 10 years or so back uh already distinct lines were being drawn between generations and they were saying that you know at, at that time and a lot of us <clears throat> older adults when someone stands up to speak we give them a chance And we wait to hear more of the message before we make a decision, pro or con, to the person speaking. And they're saying, not so with the younger generation coming up. You walk up there, and they're already making their decision about you, whether they're going to actually listen to your first couple of words or just turn you off before you even start to speak. So definitely very important to present yourself as yourself and not try to do anything clever or put on any errors or come up with an angle. It's, it's you be you. Or, or in fact, the newer generations are just going to the the Twitter generations and the, <laughs> the, um, the Facebook generations are going to just shut you right out.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think an, an aspect of that is, I mean, if you look at all of the just completely open freestyle YouTube videos, that become viral, and they're viral because they're just so, just the person, you know, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. somebody doing something, whether it's somebody doing something really goofy, just fun, or, you know, is that, that free hugs campaign, or any of those things, it's just people going out in the world, taking a chance, making a risk, and letting it all out there, and, and. Just being themselves, and, and it's contagious, and it's authentic, and I think it it's, it really inspires people. Um, and, and this book kind of talks about that. I mean, there's this quote. Let me just read this quote because I love this quote. Um, it and, and I had to actually Google the pronunciation of of this. Um, I've, I've read things by this Buddhist monk uh, quite a few times, but I never had any idea how to say the name. But it's Thich Nhat Khan. and. Um, The quote is, the most precious gift we can offer others is our presence. Mm. I think that's a really powerful concept. The most precious gift we can offer others is our presence. And that's what we do as coaches every day, Um, not just in our sessions, but in how we move through the world and how we move through the game of disability. And that's why this this book, I mean, I've read it once and now I'm reading again because I just... All of the ideas in it were so clean and and um, crisp and, and um, inspiring too. Kind of made kind of made me want to go out and start doing speeches today. Only I, mean, I don't have anybody <laughs> give speeches too.
0: Oh, we can um, work that out.
1: But, yeah, <laughs> get me on that speech circuit right That's away. Right. Um, but uh, you know, it, one of the the aspects I thought was really perfect about it and why it fits in so well um, with Coachville. And, and why it will sit well with cultural um, coaches is he actually talks about play and bringing play into the conversation. And he references the spirit of play. There are a couple pages that, that talk about how the spirit of play can make a much more powerful presentation And that um, we're born to play and play is how we learn and develop our minds, but it's also how we express ourselves. And, and he kind of refers being a really good presenter to um, jazz, which I'm a huge um, music fan, so I loved that, but how jazz is sort of um, musicians expressing themselves through a complex form of rules and constraints, but also great freedom. And and he talks about that in the way that you present yourself, even though there are rules and, and there are constraints to the way you do it. There's freedom in the way you... You move, and he kind of does talk about what you were saying, Vince, about how people are judging you as you're walking up on the stage. Mm-hmm. And um, he was mentioning that lecterns are just not a good idea because <laughs> it puts a barrier between you and your audience.
0: Absolutely, and, and many getting... people use them as a crutch, a lectern. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I've a lectern <laughs> is, is, is like the sign of fear because then you have something to grip. <laughs> And, and yeah, you let go of that because um it's, it's a, it's not only a barrier to the audience but a barrier to yourself.
1: Yeah, seriously. I mean, the first time I did a speaking engagement, I can think right back to it. Man, that, that lectern I think was actually holding me up. <laughs> <laughs> It's why I didn't fall over and just complete and sheer utter fright. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, being the naked presenter, I, I tell people this all the time um, when I'm working with them on the idea of visibility. I mean, you have to, you, he talks about practice and, and how you can, you have to practice enough but not practice too much. And the first time I did um, my first speaking engagement as a coach, I practiced and he was very much about not having notes and i can i can go totally with that and then i'll and i'll tell you why i mean it it what he says makes uh, really great sense which is if you have notes you're you're not being in the moment you're not being yourself you're not bringing your real game um you're you're using a rote speech and that will not inspire people but also the first time i did a live speaking engagement with notes i found out something really important um, if you don't have a lectern, and you have <laughs> notes, and you're really nervous, and you're holding them, people will see that you're shaking.
0: Yep. Yep. So I
1: got up there, I picked up my pages, and my whole body was quivering, and the pages were just going, vibrating. <laughs> and I, like, I'm standing there for a minute as they shake, and my whole body's actually shaking, and I'm thinking, what do I do now? They all know I'm totally, completely... Outside of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. I put the papers down, kind of shook it off and started laughing. It, it was excruciating. Well, well
0: nothing, nothing has actually held me up more than my own notes. Because I am a person that normally loves to just go off on a tangent, and I can never find my place again in my notes. So for me, I learned I need to know what I'm saying because if I have to go back to my notes, that's when it all draw, drags to a halt and I say, um, er, oh, er, and and find myself, yeah. you know, and, and lose the audience as well as myself. So yeah, notes, internet, notes are a
1: yeah, the energy this comes to a slow halt, and I know that because I did a fill-in class last week as a substitute for somebody and um, for, for one of our instructors, and um, I only had a short time to prepare, and so I had this big list of notes. And there were times where I I got lost in the notes, that exact thing. And and I'm thinking, oh my God, where am I? And when I stopped concentrating on the notes and just talking about what I knew about the class, which I I know this class inside and out because I love it. It's inner freedom. And when I just took reference points instead of trying to read from something, the whole energy of the class changed. Yeah. Um, You know, which... The idea of presenting and and being um, a clear communicator, I think it's a place where where coaches struggle a lot, but it's a great time to bring um, Coach Pamela Dykes into the conversation. Hello, Pamela. How are you today? I am fantastic and very excited, very excited to be here today. I am fairly certain you have something to add to this conversation. (laughs) And hey, I promise
0: that we have no notes right now, so...
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, we, we have no notes. And the funny thing is, is um, if you know this or you don't know this about me, communication is what I'm trained to do. So I was a public speaking teacher as well as a corporate trainer for a long time. And so I've seen good speeches and I have seen bad speeches. And a lot of times the things that you guys are talking about right now are the reason that we saw bad speeches versus good speeches a lot, because if you're... Over 40 or approaching 40, there was a way to do speeches, and it was the whole the old lectern way. But this concept of naked speeches and doing speeches without notes, is, it's become a, a, a new thing. And I think, honestly, what you're talking about, too, is authenticity. Which Absolutely. You. If you'd, you're totally authentic, but I think in the early years people tried to show up as the best speaker they had ever heard, whoever that was. But that may not work for every
1: audience. So you just it's best to just be you. And, that, and that's the hardest thing to, to just be you. I mean the, the idea of the naked presenter is you know you're presenting the, your best self. And your energy and, and your passion about whatever you're speaking about, he makes a big deal about that. He said, you can't, you can't talk about anything that you're not really excited about. Um, but there's something, there's something really freeing but also wildly unnerving about just being yourself.
0: Um, well, you know, there's also a, a long-term thing about this because it's, it's, it's almost like a lie. When you tell a lie, you have to tell another lie to cover up the lie and it turns into this big long process if you actually don't be yourself when you go up to make a presentation and let's say you actually strike a chord with some people you're striking a chord with people who don't want to follow you they want to follow what you've put in front of them and you will have to continue that facade or if you drop that facade then you will lose the audience that you've gained much better to be yourself and br- attract those people that that want to hear that message and want to go along with you.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's really true. I mean, it's interesting too, is is as coaches we're we're trying to figure out who we are just about every day. I think we spend more time figuring out who our our authentic self is more than just about anybody. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, Pamela, what do you think about the whole idea of figuring out your authentic self? Are you talking to me or Yes, Vince? yes. You, well, I think you. two things, because I think the
2: example that Vince just said, too, is if you're really good at telling that lie, then all of a sudden you're stuck with those people that you've impressed that may not be your target audience. And that is an awful feeling when you talk about authenticity because then you have to put on that face, that uniform, that expectation every day. And that that could almost kill you from the inside out if you're like being someone every single day, which is why there's so much depression and so many people that are so sad because they have convinced people that they're another person and so they have to keep performing in that particular role. But when you decide to get rid of it, but it it takes a process. You have to first decide who you are, and then once you decide who you are, you have to figure out, okay, where you want to go after that. And then once you figure out those two things, you're usually communicating something with a crazy amount of passion, and then people are wildly attracted to you because they want what you have. And then you can speak in front of anybody naked because you're so excited about what you have to say. But a lot of people don't do the work or they don't stop what they're doing long enough to figure that out.
1: That's a great point. You're right. I mean, it is that process of attraction because if you think about it, think about all of the people that um, right now, everybody who's listening, all the people that you are just enamored with or or you – you, know, you love what they have to say. That you love the way they present themselves. You what you love what they stand for, and that's because they totally figured it out. And you're attracted to that authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't I can't think of the 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 man's name. i um, Vince. Do you know the guy that did the um, the choir the um, uh, the virtual choir? I just lost, watched his TED Talks speech this morning, and I cannot think of of him, but he's the one that pulled together that group for the virtual choir, and his TED Talk speech was just so, just so... um,
0: Eric Whitaker?
1: Yes, Eric Whitaker, yes. I mean, his TED Talk speech was fast. It was quick. It didn't take long. I think it was like 15 minutes, Um, and a lot of that was portions of the, the video, of the virtual chorus. But he, the way he talked, you just knew this was what he was like in real life. And, and it was kind of slick, but in that authentic way. Um, you know, so you get to the point where you have figured it out to such degree that you can just throw it all out there and, and present it in a way. you know. Um, Pamela and I speak often, so she knows that I am absolutely, completely blown away by Maya Angelou's ability to captivate a crowd. Um, and she does it just by coming as herself. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the interesting thing, and, and one of the things that I got out of this book and one of the things that I see, like, in Eric or the way he presented things and the way Angela presents things, is, is um, it's all done kind of like a coaching session where, it's, you know, you open up space for people, so you might say something and then there's the quiet space. Or, um, you know, so... I mean, if you, if you approach public speaking or visibility in the same way that you would provocative questions, curi- navigates your curiosity, um, it's a whole different experience. It, and maybe it kind of changes the way a coach will look at the process because you are comfortable in that mode. And, well, Have you guys read another book? It's called
2: Real Leaders Don't Use PowerPoint. <laughs> no,
1: I'm writing it down though. <laughs>
2: But it has kind of it's more of a it's more of a business book. I think it's a leadership book. But there's a there's a quote in that book that talks about something that you mentioned early on in the conversation, which says a compelling message is nothing more than nothing more or nothing less than an idea with the power to change people's lives. And when you speak in front of people, that's exactly what you want to do is change people's lives. But so many people don't show up as themselves. But I think it's the perfect time and the perfect part just because even the, the economy has shifted so much that you can't afford to be anybody but you no matter where you are. And I have been enamored by so many people and then I would go home and try to recreate them. And then one day when you talk you use the concept naked, I decided to take off all their garb and show up as me. And it's almost like my world turned completely around. Completely. I mean I took coach coachville classes for two whole years and I tried to show up as Dave or Terry. Every <laughs> every time in my own coaching sessions. <laughs> well
0: that can only
2: work like two sessions.
1: <laughs>
2: before I can't perform like them anymore. <laughs>
1: I love that. And, and <laughs> but, you know, if, if I if I if I'm honest, and I think about that, I think I probably did that myself. And I can actually think of one specific advanced communications class. Well, I, I heard it was it was Terry and Jean working together, and I heard them making magic in class, and I thought. I'm doing that in my diet. Whatever it takes, I'm going to be them in my diet and just nail it. And I did. I had a great coaching session. But afterwards, I was like, wow, that was really hard. And that was so weird. And I didn't feel like myself. And I did everything I was supposed to do. But that was just really weird. Well, sure, you you
0: were (laughs) acting, for crying out loud. (laughs)
1: Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's so funny.
2: And as you can tell, I'm pretty energetic, but I never have the same amount of energy when I'm somebody else because I'm trying to figure out what my next step is versus being in the moment. Right. So you're in that moment. Well, what would Dave say? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? We're in the symphony of life, and this is another good quote that I've heard. And if if you're playing somebody else's role, then who's playing you? We yeah. were born to play a specific role, Absolutely. not to re-cre- And all the people who have been who who've done wildly successful things, they were the first one, and then everybody all of a sudden gets on that bandwagon. But why not you be the first one?
1: Right, and you know, even the first ones, they're not they're not. Um, reinventing the wheel—they're just presenting the wheel from their perspective. <laughs> exactly. And and everyone and and they're presenting it so authentically from their perspective that everyone says, "Well, wait, it's not a new concept, but I've never heard it from that perspective before, and and I've never heard it with that kind of energy and and with that personality behind it, and you know that's what it's all about." Don't reinvent the wheel because everyone's already invented it. But also don't try to present the wheel, you know, like in Dave Buck style or Terry zelenak style. <laughs> Do it in Pamela Dyke style or Vienna Stahl style because that's who you are.
2: That is. And there's people waiting for her to show up. They're really there 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 are people waiting for me to show up. Not for me to show up as someone else, but me. You know, I have my own audience waiting. It's just I <laughs> I was holding
1: up the process <laughs> really. <laughs> but you know, I mean that's that's part of the 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 whole growth as a coach is, is figuring that out, finding your voice, figuring out how visibility is going to sit with you. So with that being said, what are you up to with your practice? you know what, my
2: practice is slowly growing because I'm developing my tools or, or my methods and the things that I actually want to put out into the world. So if you haven't known this about me, I had been a stay-at-home mom for nine years and then I felt like, oh great, coaching would be a a great thing to add to what I do because I had been, a, like I said, a corporate trainer before and I had been a college professor. And so when I came back I was just hitting doors, closed doors, actually, in every category. So I started writing a book because I was I had been so drugged down by the people I was around all the time because they were whiny and just energy drains um, constantly. And so I started writing a book called Diary of a Comeback Mom. And in the process of writing the book... I rediscovered who I was, and I, instead of trying to be someone else, in the process of writing a book, I discovered um, who I was and what I wanted out of life so I could help other people. So initially, when I started writing the book, I thought that it would be sort of a get-back-to-work manual for moms that had stayed home, but really, this is a show-up-for-your-life manual and enjoy it along the way because I had compartmentalized who I was and I had this discussion because I had a coaching session and the person actually worked for a pharmaceutical company and we had a had a meeting at a um at a restaurant and so after the meeting was over I had kind of felt dismissed cuz she said oh you don't have to stay you can just go back to your kids and so I was really put put off by that, by the concept of, you know, how dare you dismiss me like this? Don't you know I'm Dr. Pamela Dykes and I spent my time with you? <laughs> it was kind of a crazy conversation I had with myself until I talked to Deanna and she said, well, Pam, you're just not embracing all of who you are. And the reason I became a coach was to have a wonderful, authentic Flexible lifestyle. But in that moment, I had thought of myself as I'm the coach right now and I'm the professional, but how dare you just dismiss me as a mother? That's what I heard. Until on the way home, after talking to Deanna, I'm thinking, oh, I get to go home and switch gears now and be the mom, an awesome mom that, you know, has all these balls in the air you know (laughs) it was just a change a shift a slight shift in thinking but i also think that that will empower other mothers and other comeback moms to do the same
1: well and it's it's a slight shift in thinking but it's a big shift in thinking Hmm. because it yeah it's huge because it's 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 about as authentic as it gets uh you know the idea of compartmentalizing i think there are a lot of clients and coaches who do that all the time. They, they separate their lives um, and there's, some, there's something that, that there's an energy drain. That's an environmental design, a medic environmental design issue because you're not embracing all environments of you and and when you have that, you, you won't come fully energized and, and there will be some resistance and some sort of um, cogs in the wheel that, that because you're not being whole in the experience. Right. You know, that, you know when you're presenting, and when you're, when you're presenting yourself to anybody, the more whole you can be, the more attractive you will be to people. I mean, listen to Pamela when she speaks now. I mean, her, her energy is just through the roof. She's buoyant. She sounds really wound up about her coaching practice, and it's because she's coming to the table as who she is. Oh, I
2: probably went through, you know, two rounds of classes or something. I don't know. And whenever we'd get in diet, I was still hashing out the same thing. Oh, I think I went about ten clients and I want to, you know, I mean, that's what I would say at the start of every class for three classes or or so. (laughs) and i and i, I remembered that was my speech and i was you know going to the meetup.com and i was doing you know all the things that i thought you should do versus Really, really showing up as me in every aspect of my life. And so, but, but it took a process. It took the process of me finding out who I was, what I wanted, and then taking the steps based on those two things. And then not, and then just the day when I met the client that I felt really put off by, at the same time too, I was sort of performing for her. And so I almost felt like just that Moment when she made the comment to me that she had, she wasn't buying my, my, my get up or my costume either. And so from that day forward, I also shed the costume as a mandatory aspect of what I wore too. You know, I think I had on a business suit and the next time I went, I think I had on a sundress because I live in Florida <laughs> and something flowy that embraced all of who I am. You know, somebody that can wear something that's relaxed versus, you know, that Strong navy blue, you know, suit that you're supposed to wear as a business person, and right. so that was just another step to say, I get to, I get to wear this outfit. This is who I am as a coach, and I get to wear this outfit to work. Wouldn't you like to be me?
1: Yeah, seriously. And and that's that. That I get to wear this. I get to do this. I have embraced myself. Um, you know, we talk all the time about the step up and stand out. You you don't try to sell coaching to people, you, you inspire them to hire you. you, you present yourself in a way, you're visible in a way that makes people say, well, I want to do what she's doing. How does she do that? H- how does she move through the world and, and seem to have it all together and, and she seems so comfortable with who she is? And That's and part that, of the visibility game. You
2: know, it is, ahead. and that's an aspect of what I coach people on first, because most of the people that I coach or either other coaches or people that are starting new businesses in some form. And I push them to be as authentic as they possibly can because I think that that you can get to where you want to go a little bit faster. If you embrace who you are, realize that it's okay to be you, and then also find the audience that you know, you're raving fans that are waiting for you, not the place that other people's fans are. To, I really, I mean, really push people to really, really figure out who they want to show up as, as an aspect early on in the coaching process.
1: And, and I think that's what you just said is really important, is find your raving fans. I think people get caught up in the idea of who they think they should be appealing to or who who their audience really is. Um, and they get stuck on a group of people and that group of people or that target market isn't really fitting who the coach is inside. And, and that causes resistance also because then you are putting on the costume because you're putting on the costume you think they expect to see. Exactly. But when, but when you're showing up as yourself, you, you end up attracting the audience that you should be attracting and they, they're just drawn to you. Right, exactly. And it's,
2: it's a quick turnaround, too. And if nothing else, say you have a handful of clients, they're usually a handful of people you love to work with, and they energize you versus drain the energy out of you. So for me, I've made the conscious choice to, to choose, pick and choose who I actually coach. And I think it, it, does, it does take a little bit longer to get up and rolling because you don't just coach everybody, which is sort of the model but for me I'm energized by each person and it's just you know but it does take a little bit longer to, to make money a lot of money or you know whatever your requirements are but you get great experience that way
1: and um, so where is your coaching practice headed what's what's your big idea <laughs> Um, my big idea is that I want to finish up the game,
2: the Diary of a Comeback Mom's Lessons Learned on the Bumpy Road Back, and show people actually how moms, specifically, how to actually do the same thing I did, and find their find who they are, their image, their as well as a big piece. And for me, everything is always going to be through the lens of communication. I want to work on what they say to themselves, what you articulate to other people and then how that relates to what you communicate to the world. So I also am working on a communication, just, you know, um, authentic communication is actually what I've called it, and that will be a teleclass that I'm finishing up. And then I have one more idea in the works that just works on what we're talking about now, presentations, my own spin of um, powerful speaking. But I think it all starts with knowing who you are because you can't really project anything great until you figure that out.
1: That's true. That's true. You know, I mean, it, this book, um, i just get back to this book a minute because I just want to use one more quote out of it because it fits so well with the discussion we just we just had because we're talking about, you know, you can be a great presenter in so many ways, but to be that phenomenal presenter that sort of changes lives and, and leaves people with an idea Or the inspiration to be different. Um, We're talking about walking your talk. Um, We're talking about being authentic so that you can um, inspire authenticity. And at the end of this book, there's a Mahatma Gandhi quote: "My life is my message." Mm -hmm. And and that's just yeah. That I just love that quote. My life is my message. Um, So. You know, if coaches keep that idea at the forefront as they move through what they're doing as coaches and how they're presenting themselves and and how they coach a person, but also, you know, what their cards look like or what they say when they're out in networking meetings, my life is my message. A big idea. And that's what you're doing, Pamela. I mean, you're taking mm-hmm. everything now, Um, you know, saying, here it is, here is me, in and here's me completely, my entirety. My entirety includes my family, and and that's what I love about my life. Um, And, you know, I'm able to be flexible because coaching offers that flexibility, but I'm also able to step into um, all the expertise that I have in a different way now. Um, And and that's exciting. And one thing about... um...
2: One thing about authenticity too and showing up and being naked too allows it you allow people to see your flaws. So to even take that Gandhi quote one step further, I think I heard a pastor say this, you know, make your mess your message. And that's really not a bad thing. Tell people the truth about your journey. You know, you didn't just show up at the bomb yesterday, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to say this is how I fell flat on my face. And this is what I learned by falling flat on my face. And this is how I'm going to move forward out of that. And that's okay because then that also makes you real to the people that you speak in front of. They don't think like, oh, I could never get there because this person's always been like that. Because sometimes you assume that because that you're seeing them in that moment. But if they tell you, this is where I came from and then this is where I am today, then you think, oh, they're no different than me. They, I just have to... Get on the road, but yeah. a lot of people don't take the steps to get started. They just dream
1: right. about it. right, and a lot of people have a fear of sharing their flaws, and I yes. love that. I mean and that's something that I, I, I there's something about sharing vulnerability that's that's really exciting to me. Um, so I make it a point when I'm on teaching classes at Coachville to make sure that everybody knows that I was that quiet wallflower that tried desperately to come up with the most incredible excuses to get out of breakouts on diets because I just was outside of my comfort zone and feeling kind of funky. So I'd make up excuses for to, to Dave and say, well, you know, I can't do diets today because I have a migraine or, or something <laughs> like that. He, he would always say, oh, come on, Dana, you can do it. But, you know... I, I, went, I wanted I wanted the people in my class to know that I was in that uncomfortable, outside of the comfort zone, don't want to practice, don't want to say things stupid or goofy moment, too. And then Dave said, no, you have to. And so I went into breakouts and said goofy and ridiculous things. And <laughs> well, and then you find out that goofy and ridiculous doesn't kill you.
2: It's just yeah. something you learn from.
1: And sometimes it's a really great story later. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes your vulnerability is the story that totally inspires a group of people, your goofy <laughs> moment or your vulnerability, and that's that's one of the fabulous things about being authentic is you're not just putting your best foot forward, you're putting both feet forward and saying, okay, well, Sometimes I'm really great and sometimes I'm really inspirational and sometimes I say stupid things and it falls totally flat. And, you know, if you're talking about me, sometimes I'll walk directly into a wall that's been there for three years and then I'll try to laugh it off. Um, and that's part of who I am. So, you know, if you're going to hang out with me and that you're going to hang out with all of me and and you you have to embrace the fact that I am a ginormous goofball and may occasionally walk into a wall that's directly in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but that's, that's a part of who I am. And if I can either pretend it's not there and try to be misgracious and all this perfection. That's not the truth. And so if I present the goofiness too, it makes people able to feel goofy with me. Exactly. And there's something powerful in that. <laughs> Definitely yes. something powerful. Yeah. Yes, very powerful. Well, I, I love this this talk about authenticity and, and just um, the whole idea of not compartmentalizing and coming to your coaching game as the full you. Um, I think we should all uh, take note. I think Ms. Pamela Dykes is going to have some some pretty spectacular success with the book. What's, what's
2: the title for the book right now? It's Diary of a Comeback Mom, Lessons Learned on the Bumpy Road Back.
1: So, you know, we'll need to have you on here the very second it gets uh, its publishing agreement. So you'll have to let us know when that happens. Oh, I will. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, but so, everybody, take this lesson. Go out into the world today and don't compartmentalize. Bring your full self to the table. Don't be afraid to be goofy. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable, but also don't be afraid to be you. Um, because there's something really wildly attractive about that. And in the visibility game of coaching, where um, your life is your message, it's important to, to make sure that you're presenting the message that you really want to present. Um, Pamela, I do you have anything else? More.
2: No, nothing else comes to mind right now. But um, okay. I enjoyed talking with you today and attending the, pro-
1: the, the show. Fabulous. It was great to have you as a guest. Um, we are ending the show a little bit early today. Normally, we have Coach Dave who continues the show on for a while. However, I have to go teach the Become a Coach game, the Become a Coach 21-day game, where people are giving coaching um, out, giving coach fun, coaching a tr- bit of a try for a couple weeks.
0: You, you have and commitments, so am, doggone
1: it. Yeah, I do. I have You're to a committed guest. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to go to class as my full self, fully coaching-worthy, but also Wildly goofy and a bit vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, they're ready for me. <laughs> so it was great to have you on here, Pam. Vince, thanks again, and we'll see you on next week.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? I'm going to go out and buy me a sundress. That's what's up. That's <laughs> what I'm going to do. <laughs> hey. You
2: know
1: you
0: post a picture of that absolutely being ourselves and more with Coach Pamela Dykes today on our program they're, they're so flowy they're so nice thank you for joining us here at the world headquarters for the Play Big Revolution this broadcast is copyright 2011 by Coachville LLC join us again next week same time and place bring your sundress both here on the phone lines and around the world on blogtalkradio.com I'm Vince Hayes and we'll see you all next Monday for your weekly boost. Bye-bye, everyone. All
1: right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.